Hello and welcome to another episode of the St. George is Not in Staff podcast, the official podcast of the Church of St. George the Martyr with the chapelries of St. Mark the Evangelist and St. Monica Westbank. I am Lindsay Shooters and I'm joined as always by the rector of our parish, the Archdeacon Rodney Whiteman. Father Rodney, how are you doing? Hi Lindsay, nice to see you again and trust you all well with your family, particularly in this beautiful wintry season we are in with lovely rain and um, which we are very grateful to but we are also mindful of those who do, do have um, don't have proper protection as it were but for their bodies and for their stomachs and for sheltering so we do, are mindful of them in, mm-hmm. in this okay yeah definitely and everyone is affected by this virus as well I mean our hearts go out to them yeah, today is the sixth Sunday after Pentecost, and there's a bit of a focus. There's a couple of kids joining in on the on the Facebook stream of the service as well. Um, I think I might pepper in a couple of, of tunes here and there throughout discussion. Uh, but Father, if you just would like to call everybody to to worship, and then we can get into the meat. The God of our ancestors be with you. Welcome to our service. And as Lindsay had indicated, that we have a focus on Sunday school, and uh, we are grateful for all those who lead the Sunday school. Our, we celebrate our instructors, and we also celebrate parents who believe it's important for their children to have um, this, their holistic development includes spiritual development from the church's perspective, uh, which has to complement um, home life uh, training. And um, we all know that wonderful chorus, which probably is lent at Sunday school, is our intro team today. He's got the whole world in his hands. And it's something that I'm sure... Um, that is what we just hope is happening at this time of COVID-19. In spite of the deaths that are happening, God still has the whole world in his hands. So let us pray uh, to this God, the collect for this, the sixth Sunday after Pentecost. O God of mercy, by your Holy Spirit, you nourish us with life. Plant us now in good soil that we may bear the fruit of justice and peace through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. So, Father, today's first reading um, is Genesis 25, verses 19 to to 24. And it covers the story of Jacob and Israel. Esau. And this is something we've we've covered in the past. Obviously, um, there was one of the texts that was just that was used to justify uh, the apartheid regime. And it just like our gospel deals with um, the the sowers, the parable of the sower. So where the seed can land on the rocks and then perish in the sun very quickly. And it's all about like how the word can be misinterpreted or how different people interpret the word. just going on some reflection about how this specific passage about Jacob and Esau and the giving up of the rights just relates to, like, as people can twist and mangle the scripture. 
I, I didn't catch it all that, that you said to you, but, but uh, one of the things that I loved about um, the inclusion of this week's reading from Genesis, I found it difficult to say, how does that, how does that have a conversation with the gospel? Because it doesn't seem to sort of immediately talk to one another. Um, one of the saving graces this week, obviously, is that the story of Isaac, Rebecca, um, and their children um, is a family story. And when we think of Sunday school, we think of children and we think of parents bringing children. So there is a role in which a responsible role in which uh, the, the parents are nurturing their children, as the colleague says, um, with the Holy Spirit in the life that God seeks to afford to us. Now, it is interesting that the way that the story is set uh, in the Old Testament, it says, this is the story of Abraham's son Isaac, as if to say to the readers, don't forget that there are ancestors here that played a very crucial role not just in, um, in, in the history of the people, but in their spiritual history. Abram is seen as the father of faith. How did that affect mm. his son and now his son's marriage to Rebecca and, of course, the fact that they have these two children? Um, one of the things about the story is that there is no perfection in family life. And one of the and, and, and the correlation between that and the gospel story is that there was no perfection in the types of soil, types of area where the seed was sown. Hmm. Um, so here you have a story where there's, uh, uh, there is there is even in spite of the the, 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 the the Abram being the father of faith, there's no there's nothing there's nothing that says within faith you don't struggle. You don't struggle with human issues. Mm. Um, Isaac eventually married the woman he wanted to marry, Rebecca. Um, and in other words, if you listen to the way he got her, it was hard work to get to the wife he actually wanted to marry. But there's a difficulty. It is interesting, again, you get a correlation with the, with the, with the, with the gospel. You have Rebecca whose womb was not fertile enough for the seed to be sown to bear children. And then in the gospel, you have a barren land and, 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 and land that is not cultivated enough and will not give the seed proper root and therefore no proper growth and no proper fruit. Mm. So there was a struggle. And of course, in, the, in those years, if you couldn't fall pregnant or you lost children, then somehow there was something wrong with you and God was punishing you, especially as a woman. So we're dealing also with superstition here uh, uh, as well. However, she, um, she eventually does have children. I think it took 20 years for the children to be born because Isaac was 40 years old. And when the first child came, yes. he was 60. So there's still hope for those of us that have turned 60 uh, <laughs> to plow the fields and scatter. <laughs> and um, I mean that in a very good way. <laughs> yes, but no, it's interesting I, I that 
you understand. <laughs> what is interesting <laughs> is um, there is there is there is a deliberate intervention on behalf of 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 Rebecca, where we see Isaac praise to the Lord for her. Her husband probably knew her longing for children. Obviously, she was in she was in competition with her other sister, who had mm. children. Mm. And the sincerity of this husband's prayer to God on behalf of his wife, again, yeah, maybe challenges us husbands. You know, do we pray for our wives? Not necessarily just to be childbearing, but do we seriously pray for our spouses in a caring and a compassionate way? Mm. Uh, maybe taking, making, maybe the, the the love relationship Isaac had for Rebecca, and vice versa, tells us how important in loving one another we have to pray for each other. And then, of course, the pregnancy is not an easy one. And again, yeah, the whole area of pregnancy and the seed sowed in the various types of soil. Probably there is a connection between the two. At, at, at any level, it is God who sows and God who plants and God who nurtures the seed in the proper soil where seed will, will come. So God plays a very vital role in the giving of life, in the bringing about life, of which you and I as Rebecca and Isaac were instruments of his, co-workers of his. And what a privilege we do have, uh, no doubt. But the struggle of growth and development is shown in the Genesis story, where beyond the, the uh, fragility of the, of the time, time of pregnancy, the babies are now at the level where there is a struggle between them uh, in the mm. womb. And mommy could feel this. Now she is the one who asks God. Now there's another. So she prays for the children in the womb, but she really needs to know, why is my pregnancy so difficult? What is this all about? You know, I mean, I don't know what it means to bear twins, but it must be a challenge for, you know, what are women who bear triplets and quadruplets and six triplets and yeah you know pregnancy is a very difficult thing and um for some some ladies perhaps it's easier but for others it's not an easy start story so too you know i was thinking about the seed when you plant seed into soil firstly the seed has to take root it is that root through which the it's almost like the umbilical cord giving sustenance to the seed in order for it to sprout out of the ground and grow amidst all the care but the challenges of nature around it and equally weeds although these days we are saying weeds are plant and we now even eat them in our food for salad um mm -hmm. Um, so, 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 it, so it has to take root before it is able then to grow in order to bring forth 
the the harvest. Uh, but if I can just stop you there for a second, um, uh, so this <laughs> Jacob and Esau are one example in a long line of of Old Testament. Uh, like it, it seems like God doesn't like um, twins, and He doesn't like brothers, because <laughs> all of the major conflicts throughout um, the Scripture is always about. Two brothers going, so it was like Moses and Ramses, they weren't proper brothers, but Cain and Abel and Jacob and Esau. And like, yeah, the Lord said to her, um, verse 23, two nations are within you. You will give birth to two rival peoples. One will be stronger than the other. The older will serve the younger. So that line, you know, historically has been used against, or it's been used to shape the world. Yeah, the, 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 the biblical narrative is a very interesting one. And we do know, sadly, it's only, it's, it's, it's a lot about the, the male side of the, of the story. Mm. Um, there are women that begin to show themselves. Sometimes their stories are hidden and not necessarily included in our lecture. More and more now they are because theological development in terms of scriptural um, study and research, mm. the more and more we're beginning to ask about stories of women, of daughters, because they're there, you know, amongst the favorite, the famous ones would be Ruth in the Old Testament and Esther, Queen Esther, um, as well, these, um, you know, Moses' sister played a very important role. We, mm. we know of the very first people in terms of, 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 of conscientious objectors um, were the, were the, were the um, ladies who helped children to be born, midwives, in the, in the um, Exodus story um, where, where Moses was preserved and protected. And mm. uh, the king had said to them, kill all the boys, and they refused to do so. So it is it is interesting that we used to see the art through, we, read, we used to read scripture through the eyes of the male species only. Mm. And we mm. saw the tensions. And I mean, those tensions are very real in that when we, when we see all the wars that are happening, civil wars or whatever wars, it's obvious, it's often between males that know one mm. another. Mm. Yeah, males yeah. that have yeah. grown together and suddenly they become the fiercest of enemies. Um, and and so I have no problem in saying, you know, we males with our mindset should step down and allow women to start leading. Maybe mm. then we'd have less um, problems in the world when it comes to war of course there's no guarantee of that either yeah but 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 yeah. they may be but yeah yeah what is interesting i found what i found very interesting is who the person is and what they eventually did with their lives mm. and it was the same mother and father they were tensioned but this thing of the two nations yeah. Um, yeah. you know and was it focused around it? I think Esau is related to the Edomites. So that was part of the 
of the Esau didn't follow when he left. He didn't follow, it would seem, the, the way that Jacob had followed the, the spiritual line, if one could call it that. And so um, apartheid scholars would have tried to find a way in which to interpret that to make them seem that Jacob was the white son and Esau was the black son. Yeah, I've, I've had... I've had conversations with, with some of them, and that is the story that they reference. But how do they come up with it? Because, because Esau sold his birthright for some food, so therefore black people have no... Because Esau was, was the darker one, um, black people gave up their, their rights. <laughs> so are you saying that Esau was the, first, was the one that came out first, isn't it? Yes. Jacob had yes. his hand on Esau's heel. Yes. Now, does that mean black people were born first? A apparently so. So we had the birthright. Yeah. And then we sold it because we were greedy and we were so just out did, there working the land. So where did we sell it? When did we sell this? I mean, I would like to know when did that happen? <laughs> when, when Esau gave up his, his, his birthright for the food and then Jacob was wore the skin over his arms and then gave his father the, the meal. Now, if you were at the point of death because you are hungry, can you now be blamed for saying, look, what is more important to me, my life or this birthright? If I'm yeah. dead, the, birth, the birth, birthright means nothing to me. So, <laughs> I don't know. Isn't it? The birthright means nothing to me if I'm dead. My, then, the, then he would inevitably have it. Yes. That's, that's so now, now I've chosen the meal and I said, take the birthright. I'm going to have the meal because I want to live. And for that, Jake, Esau is, is chastised. Mm -hmm. You know, that's so this is a very difficult story, um, Lindsay. It's a very difficult story if you don't understand a little bit about the cultural stuff, because I am sure that the way Hebrew scholars would look at that would be far different to what the apartheid scholars would, would would look at it. And I can't remember very much so in, um, you know, even, even biblical scholars are sometimes afraid to say that Jacob was a skellum. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know? Um, and also that he was eating beans. Some vegetarians would say, you see, we, we have to be plant eaters and not meat eaters because hunters mm. were meat eaters. So you can read anything into that story. I always find it funny that, that Esau was seen to be the hunter and he worked out in the fields and all that stuff. So then Jacob would be cooking the food that Esau provided anyway. He, well, exactly. But that <laughs> day he was only making beans. Yeah. Red beans. So... So you see again the, the complication of reading a story with from our mindset and assuming that that's a record of what we believe we are. So if you read into the, I mean, I've never read the story of Jacob and Esau with the, with the intention of saying, now I understand why apartheid is there, because it has nothing to do with apartheid. <laughs> I've spoken to numerous um, scholars uh, when I was trying to get to, to grips with, with that, and that's always the story that comes up. Like, that is the genesis of the entire thinking. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. I do know 
of, of the interpretation of the Samaritan, the Good Samaritan story, uh, in terms of the apartheid-minded people, when they looked at the whole Samaritan story, they believed that what Jesus was teaching was that the priest was correct in not assisting that man. That the story was actually saying to be a good Samaritan is when you help people of your own race. That wow. was the, what good Samaritan means. <laughs> so that's, that was the meaning of the story. It was, it was not to criticize the priest and the Levite who walked on the other side. But then why were they in the area? If that was a no-go zone, mm. it was a violent zone, why would priests and Levites be on the road? So they read into that. I mean, this is a Dormini that said this to me. We went, we went in fraternal together. And he said to me, that's how these, these um, Afrikaners read that story. So they didn't see, and they taught it. They didn't see that Jesus' point was criticizing the priests and the Levites. Jesus was actually telling the story of the purpose of saying, if you see your brother from the same race wounded, mm. then you're a good Samaritan if you help that person. But if he's not of the same race, you just walk on by and you're fine. Hmm. Interesting. That's crazy. Huh? Interesting. Yeah, that what was interesting about this week, it was the um, anniversary of Ashley Creel's um, death. Yes, we spoke and, about Ashley Creel last week. Yes, and then um, one of the journalists um, shared the transcript of the court case um, where his sisters gave testimony. And just, I've, I've never read it. Um, like, I knew of the story, but I never read, like, to that sort of detail. And just the horrific things that happened and how... That family was harassed um, mm. for 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 the for the work of a of a what was he he was like fourteen when he started. Yeah, he was very young. Yeah, because when I met mm. him, he was in matric. By then, was, he was already a a known um, a known ob, you know objector to the system, yeah. freedom fighter and a justice man. Or then then he had already been schooled in that in that school. Yeah. Yeah. But he hadn't gone into uh, he hadn't gone into the controversies where camp yet, eh? In matric, yes, he was there already. Oh, okay. So he had come back, and he, so you actually yes. saw him shortly before he died. <laughs> I saw him a couple. Um, I probably about a year after I knew him, and then I moved away, and then mm. within the year he died, he was killed. Then I read the story of of the. Um, of the pathologist mm. who, who did his he, 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 post, post mortem and um, how, how he turned the, 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 the what's his name, according to what he had said, and how Ashley was unarmed and how Ashley was shot in the back mm. um, because they surrounded the house in. in um, in Heisendal, where he was staying, or where he was in the hideout, and he turned the, their story on on its head with his with his um, work. Um, mm. But but nobody, as far as I can remember, came forward to say we are sorry 
that we yeah. took this young this young blood's life. But <sighs> but his but his legacy is is reign supreme in Bontivo. I mean, he's, there's two yeah. of them in Bontivo. One that wasn't in the struggle as Ashley was, but he was shot on his way to the shop. And so he's also got, he's also a member of the Anglican Church there, and he's got a, a memorial stone in Bontevil somewhere um, where that was. Um, but yeah, Ashley was, Ashley was lively. Ashley was, I mean, I was naive of the world. Ashley knew what was going on. Mm. Uh, it's amazing. But the, there's going to be lots of things that um, we, we, you and I will never know what had gone on in our country. Yeah. Never know. Jake, uh, 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 Jacob is seen as a very shrewd yeah. man. Yeah. But who was behind his shrewdness? <laughs> his mommy. <laughs> his mommy was behind his shrewdness. Um, you know, Isaac was a, a man's man. You, you know, he loved mm. the hunter's meat. Um, you know, probably saw here was a man's man in, in Esau. Mm -hmm. Jacob was domesticated. He was the softy of the lot. Um, he was making soup. Yeah. He, you know. Um, I, I still think you know, when 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 we when we think of it, I still think that um, there are there are there are things in scripture that we just can't unravel immediately. That we constantly have to go back to. Like, why would God say in you the real reason why you have this difficult pregnancy in you? There are two nations warring with each other. Hmm. It was the conception and the birth of two nations. And they would be irre irreconciled for years to come before a major reconciliation took place. So whilst we look at the tensions that there are, as we continue to read the story in it in a more in a more wholesome way, we begin mm. to learn uh, that there are things that will happen between us, very close people. And then there, as we journey ahead, we need to then say, "Must this be with us forever? Can we not change this?" And so, when that reconciliation take took place, it was not just. Jacobs and Esau alone, it then included their families and beyond that. Mm. And who who is the one that reconciles us with the Father? It's the Son. Mm. We call Jesus our brother. We call Jesus the first Adam. The second Adam, we are the first, we are part of the first Adam. So in the second Adam, reconciliation happens. Jesus, our elder brother, is the one who ensures that peace is made in the family of God. Mm. So in the gospel, 
Jesus is now confronted by a massive crowd and then moves onto the water to address them from there. And I see you've highlighted a couple of, of words and texts here. Um, you just want to give us a couple of lines from the gospel that, that can summarize it? Yeah, it's Matthew 13, as you said, and verse 1 to 9, 18 to 23. The words I highlighted was um, great crowds gathered around Jesus, and then the words listen, and some seeds fell on the path, and then let anyone with ears listen, and then anyone hears the word of the kingdom does not understand it. Those are the words I've highlighted. Um, do you want me to speak to that? Uh, yes. Yeah. I think I think what 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 um, drew my attention to them was the first thing was that three times in this text Jesus calls these the crowds to listen. Um, the first listening was listen to draw their attention. Once mm -hmm. he's given them an insight in some part of the narrative, he then goes on to them like. I called you to listen, but if you really have ears, then you listen and then you will hear and 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 anyone who has this ear. So it's it's not exclusive, it's an inclusive. And then what are you listening to? The word of the kingdom. And and the fourth thing is that when you when you listen and you hear, are you ready to understand? Because what then would be the intention of understanding? such a word such a lesson and um jesus is um coming out of the house uh, i just imagine him stretching in this beautiful setting of the sea but there were hungry people out there more hungry for what he had to say than for anything that could uh, feed their inner hungers um, why does he need to say three times, listen? You know, and I, and I sort of saw in my mind the whole service that plays itself out. When we come to the church, to the church worship space, we are a great crowd that gathers around Jesus. Central to our worship space is the altar is the sanctuary, is the ombre, is the cross. Everything that indicates that central to our lives is Jesus. Central to our worship is Jesus. And in order to get everybody's attention, he needed to stand on a particular place, which was the boat at that level, and a draw their attention to something that he was going to impart to them. So their response, he was calling them to respond in their gathering around him to him. You, your purpose around me is just not to take in the view. You, you, you are saying to me, you want to hear me say something. Now, when I do, Please listen to what I have to say. And then, of course, he uses a, a story that they would know. A sower goes out to sow seed. Mm -hmm. And um, 
this is a very interesting portion of scripture because one would have thought that before the sower goes out to see, sow the seed, you then sort of cultivate the space in which you're going to grow your seed so that it's ready to receive the seed. But in this story, we say he grows and throws the seed out there. Now, with the birds coming around, you obviously can't um, avoid the fact that they were able to mm. pick up the seed from every surface that there may be, even the cultivated surfaces. Sur sur surfaces. But he mentions in there not the type of seed, but the type of ground in which the seed was sowed into. So yeah. in, in other words, he was saying something more than just an agricultural story. He was taking into account that the word, we, we, we later learn the word of the kingdom is, 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 is sown wherever it is sown. Wherever it is, it, it falls, whatever, how susceptible to receiving that seed is the, is the, the, are, are the lives of people. That was he was hinting at. And um, whatever is going on in our lives, for example, why are some of us rocky ground? Why are some of us so shallow that sun scorches and there's no rooting? Why do some of us live our lives with thorn, thorniness, choking us on every level? And why are some of us the, the soil that is continuously good and being prepared for, for this. Now, is that the conditions of, of people? Is that where we, the way we live our lives? If you, for example, are good soil, does that mean you are taking seriously a life of prayer, a life of worship, study of scripture, so that when the seed of the kingdom of God is sown, or is sown then we are going to allow it to take root within us it will bear the fruit. Um, what does it mean to be rocky ground? What is the stumbling blocks that we're living with? Or what is the thorny, the thorniness that, that um, like the rocky ground doesn't allow it to root, the thorns doesn't allow it to grow, mm. which I find very interesting. Mm. So the seeds need both rootedness but it, so, you know, do we create a sense of shallowness within us because we do not meditate or pray and worship or read the scriptures, but we are filling our minds with other stuff so that when scripture comes, when the word is sown, we don't have any access to it filtering through into our life. And so Jesus then says, you know, if you have ears, in other words, you 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 know you've got the capability to listen. You've got the tools, but are you using it in order to receive this message truly? Um, what what does happen here is the stories need explanation because mm. it's not captured immediately. But what Jesus is coming to it would seem is that. Are we at the level where where we are ready to understand what we hear? Now, I know 
from my own experience growing up that your parents, uh, I, I particularly have my mother in my mind when I say this, you know, you would, you, you would say something to your children in a way of saying, this is what you need to do. Now you didn't do it and you're busy crying because you know that punishment is at hand mm. and your mm. mother then mm. says, do you understand what I am saying? And for want of protecting our butts, we say, yes, we do. And we may not. <laughs> because if we did understand, does that naturally mean we would act on it? So I just want to interject and say that um, the sower should have had more respect for the seed. Uh, like he didn't do his job very well. <laughs> Did the sower not do his job properly? <laughs> I, I, you see, that's the point. Is Jesus telling the story from the perspective of the sower and the faithfulness to sow seed, the faithfulness to spread the word of the kingdom? What, how, how, how prepared is the world to receive that message? So what role do we have in order to become the good soil? What do we have to do to remove the rockiness and to unweed the thorniness from our lives? Because the sower is willing to sow the seed. The word is freely available. The word of the kingdom of God. Um, are we susceptible to receiving it, to allow it to take root in our lives? So I wouldn't say that the sower was at fault. I would say that before the seed is sown, who was supposed to prepare the soil? The sower has one role, but is there also something? So if, if Jesus is calling me to listen, then what is distracting me from listening? Is listening to something important? in my control, do I have to take the responsibility to pay attention so that I can understand what I hear? Um, I mean, I find that often here when I'm probably watching something on television and I'm sort of stuck in there, and I think this is a male thing, and then suddenly my wife and my daughters are saying something mm. to me and I don't respond, then I would often hear the words, he's not even paying attention to us. We are sitting here and he's not even listening to us. So why is it that my, from my side I say, um, you, you've, not, you've not asked me to listen to you mm. and I'm focusing on something else while you're talking. So my dilemma is, when they are here, should I switch the television off so that I can pay attention to them? What is my responsibility in order to ensure that I'm listening to what they are saying? So the sower does what the sower has to do, sows the seed. How, how ready are we to receive that? Yeah. Uh, Father, if you just want to take us through other points of reference um, for for reflection going on in this week um, through the prayers of the church. Thanks, thanks, Lindsay. Let us let us uh, 
look at the prayers of the church and in our prayers today we are invited in the name of Jesus to pray for our sisters and brothers and their needs including our neighbors and to pray for others is a service of love um, so in our prayers we are called to give thanks to the Lord with our whole heart and we are called to glorify his name forever we celebrate God as the God of wisdom and understanding and we ask God to continue to be with his church who seek to understand God's will and purpose our praise that God will nurture and tend all new to the faith and that by his Holy Spirit he will God will bring the fruition of the seed of his word. Then, as we give thanks to God and glorify his name, we celebrate God as the God of endurance and reliability. And we ask God to be with his world, obsessed by many cares and short-term goals. Our praise that God will renew the face of the earth by his Holy Spirit, and inspire all people to sustainable living. And then as we continue to thank God with our whole hearts and glorify his name, we celebrate God as the God of seed time and harvest. And we pray that God will be with all who tend and manage the land. And we pray that for food to be nurtured and space for, for space of recreation, that by God's Holy Spirit, God may open our hearts to share the fruits of the field in their seasons. As we continue to pray, praise of thanksgiving to God with our whole heart and to glorify his name, we celebrate God as the God of hope and consolation. That God may deal tenderly with all whom life is full of struggle. Pray that God will give them strength their suffering, that by his Holy Spirit he may bring us to rejoice in his presence. To God whom we give thanks and whose name we glorify, the God who is the God of life and peace, he set his creation in motion. So we pray that God will bring fulfillment, the purpose you, God has set for each one of us by the Holy Spirit may bring us to dwell with him forever. Because it's Sunday school, Sunday we pray this prayer. Dear God, the church is a family. Help us to learn together, to worship together, to share together, to pray together, to come together, to play together, and to reach out to everyone with family love. Amen. And we continue to pray in this time of COVID-19. Author of life and healer of the nations, grant us courage to face our trial, wisdom to find relief, faith to live responsibly. Lord, grant us your salvation for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. And then, Lindsay, we go to the concluding part of the service. As we... Thank God for this opportunity of reflection on his word. Mm. We give thanks to God for Jesus. 
came among us in the likeness of sinful flesh to deal with the sin that divides us and to sow within us an abundant harvest of peace and righteousness. And so may God's living be sown within your soul. May God's life fill you with goodness and may his love bear fruit in you and those you meet. The blessing of God Almighty, the Creator, the Redeemer, and the Life Giver be with you always. Amen. Now go into the world with confidence, trusting that Christ is working. Amen.